Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to church today. We're glad that you're here on this beautiful morning. And uh, you can thank us for that. Gay and I spent the uh, week last week in uh, Pacific Northwest, and we brought this beautiful weather back so that you guys could enjoy it for a week or so, or half a week. Anyway, uh, we're glad you're here today. Check in on Facebook if you haven't done that already. And if you're a first-time guest today, we welcome you to our service and glad that you're here today. And you can check out a first-time gift out as you leave. There's a first-time guest table out there in the foyer. As you go out the door, you can pick up your gift. And uh, there's connection cards in the program. We'd love for everyone to fill those out and uh, hand them in and put them in the buckets when they come by today. And uh, we appreciate all of us doing that. Any needs you have, we're going to take our tithes and offerings here in a moment at the next song. And uh, we appreciate your faithful giving, and there's many ways that you can give, and you can see that up on the screen. And uh, we just appreciate your giving and how you've been faithful. And if you've been gone through the summer and you would need to catch up, this Sunday would be a great time uh, for you to do that. There's some announcements in the program uh, that uh, are coming up. I just want to highlight a couple of those. Fantasy football draft. There was a schedule for men's and women's. I think now it's all together going to do both men and women on the same night, and uh, so y'all have a good time doing that. Uh, I have a fantasy about football, and, it, uh, and that is that, uh, anyway, it's a fantasy. Uh, <laughs> the celebration service is coming up, uh, so uh, next Saturday and Sunday, there is only one service next weekend, and that's uh, 11 o'clock, and that's going to be our celebration service where we do baptisms, uh, baby dedications, communion and share testimonies, and uh, we hope that you'll be a part of that. If you'd like to be baptized or you have a child you'd like to have dedicated, uh, you can indicate that on your connection card. And then next weekend is our big weekend for fireworks, and uh, we're excited about that. Hope you're inviting your neighbors uh, to be a part of that. There's, uh, after the 11 o'clock service today, there's a volunteer appreciation luncheon, and if you'd still like to volunteer, there's a few slots that are available that we need help with. And uh, so we appreciate you doing that. And uh, I think we're just about there on our finances of that, that which has come in and what's been pledged. And so we appreciate those who have helped us with that. And so we're glad that you're here today. And we, uh, this is Neighbor Day, and we're glad that you're a part of our service. Thank you. And we wanted to let you know we have a mission trip in Guatemala this week. And they left, I believe, Friday, really late, and they got there yesterday, and they're doing well, and we'll probably post some updates on Facebook, so just keep them in their prayers. There's a team of eight there. They're going to have an awesome time. Our ushers are going to come during this next song, and after the buckets have passed, stand and join us in worship.
Psalm 145 says he hears all who call upon him in truth. So what is truth for us? Truth is about being honest where you're at. It's not about ignoring the pieces that we don't want to look at and kind of just focusing on the things that we like. It's actually just being raw and honest before God, laying it all out there, all my doubts, all my fears, all my weaknesses. And when we do that and we bring that to him as an offering, saying, God, have all of me. It's where he can then move and he can then transform. He can then heal and change. And so whatever you're facing today, whatever the thing that you haven't wanted to look at, but maybe this morning you need to, look at it straight in the face. Whatever that fear is, that anxiety, that struggle, that weakness, and raise a hallelujah in the middle of it. Say, you know what? I'm going to worship a God that is above whatever it is that I'm facing. Because if he is for me, what can stand against me? And so let's just declare our worship here this morning. Let's lift up our praise to him. Let's raise our hallelujah. And let's watch as we focus our eyes not on what we're facing, but on a bigger, greater God. I raise a hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah. Come on. Louder than the unbelief, I raise a hallelujah. Cause my weapon is a melody. I
start to worship, when we start to declare truth, we do have an enemy. We have an enemy that will make us question, that will make us doubt. And so that's when we have to look our enemy in the face. We have to say that you are a liar. I'm gonna stand on the word of God. I'm gonna believe the power of his truth, of his word, and instead of allowing the voice of the enemy to be the loudest thing in my life, I'm gonna lift my hallelujah even louder, amen? So sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. speak to us, continue to work on our hearts that we grow in relationship with you and fulfilling the vision and the mission that you have called each and every single person to that follows you and that is to love and reach others, to share this same truth with them, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated.
everybody. Did anybody see your community up there? You did? Only a couple. Colin went out and shot that all over the place. It was kind of fun for him. Well, uh, thank you for being here today. And uh, just want to start with, we got a scripture up there. Do you know what the characteristic of a great teacher is? A great teacher can take something very complex and they can simplify it so that you can understand it. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was a great teacher. He took the complexity of the Old Testament and when he came to earth, he said, you know what, guys, I'm gonna simplify this for you. That Old Testament, have you ever read it? It can be really uh, intense and, and complex. But Jesus hit the earth and he said, I'm gonna simplify this for you and I'm gonna bring it down into one great commandment. And here it is. This is the greatest commandment of all. Love God, love yourself, and love your neighbor. Love others. Love God. Now that sounds pretty simple, right? But it's not easy, is it? But he did say love your neighbor. And so this series, Neighboring, has come out of that. Now last, uh, the first week, Buddy kicked it off and he talked about the vision of Salem Fields. And he said that if we're a good neighbor in our community, we believe that that'll spread to the rest of the world. And we wanted to be a good neighbor in this community. And so we partnered. We said, you know what, as a faith community, we're not gonna step over and do anything that uh, wouldn't make us a good partner. We're, we just wanna partner with you. And so we began to partner with Smith Station Elementary School, and we have a relationship with them we have over the years. Ever since Christian, my 24-year-old grandson, was, went to kindergarten over there. We've had a relationship with them since then. And then it moved to Livingston Elementary. We have a relationship with them, and so do you, because you've contributed to sock drives, and we've done so many things. There's a mentoring program over at Smith Station. We've partnered with our first responders. We've had police officers here. I mean, it, it's been incredible the, the neighbors that we've made in our community to fulfill the vision of Salem Fields, and it did spread to the rest of the world. We have ministries in Lagos, Nigeria, Port Harcourt, Nigeria. We have a ministry in India. We have friends uh, that are halfway around the world. And so the vision is being fulfilled, uh, and, and our neighbor, th those are who our neighbors are. Now, last week, Jason spoke to us. Well, I heard that Mr. Rogers was here. <laughs> he did that pretty well, didn't he? Took that shoe and flipped it. We were in Seattle. We turned it on online, and we got to see that one part, and that was pretty cute. But Jason was talking to us about who is our neighbor anyway. Uh, Buddy was uh, speaking about the broad vision of Salem Fields, and Jason said, who is our neighbor anyway? He said, it's not just our neighbor that we think of literally, right next door to us, but it could be anyone that's on the side of the road. He had an experience with somebody and he stopped on the side of the road. Or it could be somebody halfway around the world and he said, our neighbor is that person in need. Whoever that is, anyone, everywhere is that person in need. But that really inspired me. And I thought, what we don't wanna do is miss what's right in front of our eyes, right? Our neighbor 
is also that person that's right next door to us or down the street or across the cul-de-sac. And so while our neighbor, and Jesus was talking about our neighbor as that person, anyone that's in need, what I didn't want to miss was the obvious, the people right on our street. And so I'm calling this message, can I borrow a cup of sugar? <laughs> or maybe your chainsaw. <laughs> and, and that sort of just represented to me, you remember, I don't know if you ever do that, but if you're baking cookies or something, you don't have enough butter, you don't have enough uh, sugar, you just run next door. Because you've got the kind of neighborly relationship, and it extends further than that even, that if you're in need, there's somebody in your neighborhood that's going to help you out. And that you'd be glad to help out right there on your cul-de-sac or right down the road if you're in the country. That you've developed those neighborly relationships that we don't lose sight of the obvious. Because here's the thing. Obvious treasures are living right around us. And oftentimes we miss that. It's called inattentional blindness. Now this is kind of a term that I like to use. It's, it's a real thing. Inattentional blindness. And here's what that means. It means that we get so focused on one thing, like our day-to-day -day routines, like everything that we have to get done in that day. We get so focused on that that we're often blind to other things, like how important our neighbors are, that are right in front of our eyes that are right there next door, that are right there down the cul-de-sac. It's called inattentional blindness. Now, I want to illustrate this with a video. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but I want you to concentrate and watch this. It's an awareness test that I'm going to give you. Here we go. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? Now focus. Go! The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? something that you're not looking for. How many people did I get? <laughs> yeah. Now, last night they said, was that bear really there the first time? And I said, I'm going to prove it to you. And I played it again. We don't have time to do that today. But I can, I can tell you the bear was there in the first one. You were counting. You were focused on something else, weren't you? And that's what we do. And that's the point I want to make with you, is that there are some obvious treasures all around us. They're called neighbors right next door. And we don't want to miss them too. We don't want to miss that when Jesus was talking about love your neighbor as yourself, yeah, it's the world, but it's also those obvious people right next door. You see, life happens, and we get caught up in what we do, right? And time passes, and we can easily miss those treasures 
that are right next door. That was my story. When we moved into our uh, cul-de-sac there, we built a house, and I would fly down my road, because I'm at the very end of the cul-de-sac, and I would fly down my road, I would open my garage door, and I'd fly in my garage. I kind of played a little game to see how well I could do it. And I would stop, and the garage door would go down. I called myself a garage door neighbor. That was my story. And I realized uh, later, one of the things that I, that I wanted to make sure was that I didn't forget my neighbors. Because neighboring includes those that are close to us. And so you know what I did right before we left for Seattle? I went around to all my neighbors and I said, hey, would you guys come and come for neighbor day? And I've got my neighbors here that we've been living beside for 24 years. And in a little bit, we're going to tell our neighborhood story. And I doubt if they even know we have a neighborhood story. And so it's going to be impromptu. I haven't talked about questions we're going to ask. But I'm just going to bring my neighbors up here. This is going to be really weird. Because we've lived beside each other for 24 years. And now we're going to find ourselves on a stage together talking. And who knows what's going to happen. But you're going to get to be part of that. It's going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> so I invited them because here's the point. Neighbors are really important. It's been awesome since last night to hear the neighborhood stories that people are telling me about. You know, I have warm childhood memories of my neighbors. Where the kids would go out at night and we would play kick the can. Anybody know what kick the can is? We did some healthy kid stuff. We would ride our bikes. We'd ride for miles. And uh, we just did things together as neighbors. And Ella lived down the road. It was kind of a little bit out in the country. And she was down there, and I'd go down to her house. And she was like a second mom to me. And I'd just go in. And, you know, when I smell toast, I still think of Ella. That was a lot of years ago. Her house was kind of like this kid right there. This is Carter. He knocked on my door to ask if he could have a banana, and then he just left. <laughs> that's, that's how Ella's house was. And, and then down the other road was the Nossingers. And that was our pastor and his family. And this was just a safe place to grow up. It was just a wonderful place. But as an adult, I had completely changed. And I would fly down that, <laughs> my cul-de-sac, go in my garage. And, and one day I thought, you know what? <laughs> I became aware I need to learn to know who my neighbors are. And so I went around and I asked each of the women in the cul-de-sac, I said, how would you guys like to do a group together? And some were able to do it a little more on a regular basis than others were, and it didn't really matter. Uh, the only thing that we had in common was our address. And I said, let's get together and let's just learn to know one another. And so we did. We got together. We sort of met on a regular basis and there was no agenda. We just kind of learned to know each other. But something really special happened. We developed low-maintenance relationships. There is nothing better than a low-maintenance relationship. You know that? And that's what neighborly relationships are. You're kind of there for each other. There's no agenda, no expectations, no pressure. And when that group ended... Something had formed among us. We didn't have to spend a lot of time together. We didn't socialize on a regular basis. 
But we began to just to do life together. And we watched our kids, they'd play out in the cul-de-sac and there was a basketball hoop and the little kids would go out there and the neighbor kids, remember that, you guys? They'd play basketball. This is really memories from years ago. And then those kids grew up and they went to high school and graduated from high school and, and then they went to college and uh, our neighbor kids played a real joke on their parents because Buddy's a UVA fan and they went to Maryland. Both of them did. Well, the two girls of theirs went to UVA. <laughs> Buddy was thrilled. <laughs> and now they're diehard UVA fans. It's been, it's been incredible. And now one, one of their girls is in med school. And that's what happens. We did life together with low-maintenance relationships, no agendas, just doing life together. Oh, the kids would bring us cookies at Christmas good memories. They'd bake them and bring them and ring the doorbell and just leave. And then we saw them get their cars and drive. And it, it's just, it's been, there has been a neighborly relationship that's been developed and, and it's been incredible. And I know that I could go to any one of my neighbors and ask for something or they could come to me and we'd be there for each other. Low-maintenance relationships, pretty special. That's rich. That's a blessing. That's neighborhood, neighborly relationships. You see, the message of Jesus, it's only about one thing, relationships with God, with yourself, because the way that you love yourself will determine how you treat other people. Jesus said, love yourself. Love yourself in a healthy way because the way that you feel about yourself, the way you view yourself, is the way that you'll treat other people. And then he said, love your neighbor. And who's your neighbor? Well, it's anyone, but it's also those people that are right next door to you, those hidden treasures that we take for granted sometimes, those people that we pass every day of our lives because we're doing, uh, we're so focused on doing our daily routines, but it's those people closest to us. Now, family deserves our most attention. Our spouses, our children, they deserve the most intense intimacy in relationship. But there are different levels of relationship, and neighborly relationships are a connection that often get unnoticed, yet they have the power to bring this kind of sustaining bright spot to our life. Last week, Jason said, be the bright spot. And Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, that gives purpose and meaning to life, and we often overlook those neighborly relationships. You know, somebody said, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your neighbors. That's true, isn't it? <laughs> you can't pick who, you can't choose who moves in next door to you. <laughs> uh, and somebody said, if you're lucky, you have great neighbors. Well, I can tell you I'm lucky, but I would also say it's not luck. It's not chance. It's just not, because it's not chance that you get the neighbors that you get. Good, bad, or ugly. I believe that it's God's way of giving you opportunity to be a better person. I just do. Because we get these opportunities because, you see, there are good neighbors 
And then there are those annoying neighbors. Now, you don't have to act like you don't have one. Everybody, <laughs> you, somebody popped into your mind right there, <laughs> if, you're, if you're honest. And they both give opportunity for us to grow as a person. So what's a good neighbor? Well, what I did was I Googled it. Google, what is a good neighbor? And here's what Google says. It says they're friendly, says they're considerate, says they live close, but they respect your space and privacy. It says they wave at you, everybody wave at me, be a good neighbor, yeah. It says that they stop to pet your dog and chat. And it says that they'll buy lemonade from your children, even when it tastes really bad, right? <laughs> that's what a good, good neighbor is. But um, that's my neighbors right there. That's what they do. <laughs> but what if you don't have good neighbors? What if you have some annoying people that live around you? Uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, but what if you do? Like there's someone that calls the association on you because of something that you're doing. Or you get all of these uh, letters in the mail. My neighbor got 10 letters saying that there were things that they needed to fix. It felt like they were kind of picking on them. But, oh, okay, you got a little, but no, <laughs> okay, let's go to this. So it might, these, this might be uh, your neighbors. I put this one in here. Neighbors left this, the sprinklers on overnight. It dipped below freezing. Now they have a Narnia yard. <laughs> We've got this sprinkler system that goes bad, and it, it went bad in the, I think, Steve, you were the one that saw it, and it was out there exploding in the middle of the winter. So poor Buddy puts his jacket on as though that was going to help, put the hood up, and he went out under the sprinkler. So instead of the yard looking like Narnia, it was Buddy. <laughs> and that's the neighbors that you have. Okay, how about this one? When you receive a complaint from your neighbors, it's important that you do your best to resolve it. Please, do something about the dandelions in your lawn, please. Okay, here's the answer. <laughs> okay, how about this one? My neighbor's mailbox is a microwave. <laughs> this is for you that live in the country. <laughs> Are you relating to that, Josh? <laughs> um, I had our drummer, John, he said, yeah, my wife nudged me last night and said, we need a new microwave. Maybe you could do that. <laughs> uh, have you ever had your, your uh, neighbors walk the parrots? <laughs> do some strange things in the neighborhood. Now, here's a good one. My sister and her husband live in a small town, and they came home to this note on their door. A group of your neighbors wish to announce that the one-way frosty glass in your bathroom is facing the wrong way. <laughs> We need honest neighbors, don't we? We need people to tell us. <laughs> so that annoying neighbor, they're all over the place. What do we do about that? How do we handle that? Well, we can go to, the, to God's word, and he gives us a boundary. He gives us solution. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, when you, whenever you have that annoying neighbor of many kinds because you know that the test of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be complete 
not lacking anything. Did you realize that an annoying neighbor can actually help you develop your character? Because in Romans it says, perseverance, if you last it out, if you work it through, perseverance develops our character, and character develops hope. So when you see that annoying neighbor, say, that person's going to give me some hope. <laughs> because we can, as we, as we choose to do it God's way, we become not only a better person, but we gain purpose and meaning in our life because we're in line with what God would have us to do in that situation. And the Bible says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. We're not always that way. I don't know about you, but that's hard to do in relationships. My neighbors, probably Steve told me, he said, when I get up there, I'm going to tell some stories on you. I didn't even know he had some stories on me, so we don't know what's going to be said. <laughs> but our neighbors see us do some things sometimes that don't look the greatest, right, Josh? Yeah, if we're, if we're honest, that's how we, we're humans, and we're going to mess up, and we're not going to do everything. But when we can make this our guideline, when we can say, you know what, and a couple people even last night said, yeah, I was reminded that I need to be humble. I need to be gentle. I need to remember that I'm a neighbor too, and maybe they're saying that I'm the annoying neighbor. It could be. See, I don't know. This is tough. But when we choose to live our life this way, it gives purpose, and it gets meaning. It gives meaning to our lives. The Bible says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Well, how do we do that? I believe there's a nugget of gold in here. Did you notice in that list, it, it was what we want other people to be for us? And that's our culture today. We're looking at what everybody else should change. We're looking at how everybody else should do it, and we want people to do it our way. Even Google was saying, that's what somebody else does to you. But I say the golden nugget is reversing that, the opposite of that. Instead of expecting great neighbors, be a great neighbor. And I can tell you, Steve and Peggy have nailed that. No expectations, nothing expected out of us. But for 24 years, basically, we've done life together there. And I've experienced that my, uh, that my neighbors, I, I call them the dream neighbors, because they've been there, they've, you know, we've, we've done life together, there's been no pressure, it's been low-maintenance relationship, and that has been a blessing to me. And I believe if we overlook those people right there at our fingertips, we miss a huge blessing. We miss a huge part of the richness of how life can be. And we don't even realize we have that story. But as I look back over the last 24 years and as this whole thing is kind of winding up, my life has been richer because of the proximity of the people with no expectations. I'm going to have a couple more neighbors here in the 11 o'clock, but you know what? They've been to us, and I hope that we've been to them as friendly and considerate and respecting their space and privacy and taking time to talk and smile, even if we're going out to get the mail. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? That's all. That's all that's needed. And uh, just smile. And they can't pet our dog because we don't have one. 
But I did tell the story about Max and the tuxedo of our other neighbor who was getting in his car and uh, I don't know if it was Cash or Max or which one of because they had golden retrievers and they'd keep replacing them as they got old. But I'll never forget looking out the window one day and our neighbor, a physician in town, he was in his uh, tuxedo and uh, Cash or Max, whichever one it was, loved to climb in the car. And I think it was raining and so he climbed in the car and the only way that he would get out is you got to drive him around the cul-de-sac. <laughs> and so I saw Ross over there trying to get Max out, or Cash, whichever one, and in his tuxedo. I think he got a little dirty, I don't know, but uh, it was so cute. And he drove him around the cul-de-sac, and he got out. I remember Jody drove him around the cul-de-sac several That's what we do with each other's dogs, right? <laughs> the beautiful thing about neighbors and community is that we help one another. You know, when the snow comes, how many people have helped your neighbor? Well, I know you guys do. You get paid for it. <laughs> but how many people have gone out and shoveled snow? Yeah, we do that, don't we? Our next-door neighbor has a long driveway, and he's always out there. We hear it hitting the, hitting the pavement. <laughs> you know, we go out, and our, and our elderly neighbor, that, it's what we do. We help each other. We get advice on yard work. Buddy and Steve, they talk all the time about what to do about that yard, and Peggy will keep Steve busy all the time in that yard because that's what you do. And <clears throat> we, we talk about trapping critters. I mean, we had a groundhog under our front porch that so just would not leave, ate all of my flowers and did the whole thing. And they're really something to get rid of. And you can't kill them, so you've got to take them and take them away. We um, water plants for each other. We were in Seattle, and I was up inviting my other neighbor to uh, come to church this weekend, and uh, he was kind of telling me a story of what was going on there, and he said, Buddy was out watering the flowers. He said, hey, you need your flowers watered while you're gone? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. We came back. They were still looking good. That's what we do. And then one day, Jackson, when he was really little, he and I got locked out on our deck. We don't have steps that go down. So we were out there for about four hours in the scorching sun, just me and Jackson, and we went over and scrouched down into the corner. Finally, my neighbor came home down there and said, Hey, Peg, could you call Buddy for me, please? And Buddy came home and unlocked the door and let Jackson and I out. <laughs> this is what neighbors do, right? And a lot of times we only know one of our neighbors. I don't want to miss the obvious. This is a friendly reminder for us not to overlook the richness that can come from life when we have neighborly relationships. We're there for one another. I was uh, talking to one of my neighbors, and he was talking about how they were out of town. Their parents were ill, and they needed help, and they were clear on the other side of the world, and they called the next-door neighbor, and she came over and sat with his ill parents because his sister couldn't be there. In a time of need, it was huge. You know, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down your life for your friend. That includes our next-door neighbors. You know, Jason said last week, he said, let your light shine. It can happen in every neighborhood. Uh, what about those short-term neighbors? Well, 
you know, people move in and out really quick. I learned from the military people when we lived in Woodbridge how to develop relationships really quick. You jump in, you say hello, and you get involved really quick. And it was really interesting. We, had, we were out in Seattle, and we had made some quick friends in Woodbridge. They were only there for a couple of years. And uh, one of the friends said, hey, I see that you're in Portland. And we got together for dinner. And we barely knew them for just a short period of time because he was in the Coast Guard and a very short period of time in Woodbridge. You see, those relationships can last forever if, if we just step up and we step out and we don't miss the obvious of the people right around us. The Bible says, and let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, encouraging one another. See, that annoying neighbor can help you become a better person. So come on up here, you guys. Yep, here you go. You saying uh-oh. I'm saying uh-oh. Uh, we're going to get a couple of mics here for you. Buddy's going to come up too. Now, I didn't say what we were going to talk about. I said, just neighbors, come on up. That's dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> come on up here. This is Steve. Hi, guys. <laughs> come on up here, bud. And this is Peggy. And when we first met them, I was the garage door uh, neighbor, and uh, we learned to know them, saw their little babies born and uh, grow up. And so what would you say our neighborhood story is? You can say anything. <laughs> oh, so you, you guys want to find out if they're annoying neighbors or not. Yeah, oh. yeah that, I do. <laughs> I went, are we the annoying neighbors? No, so they're not the annoying neighbors. But, but <laughs> I will segue a little bit on her story about her driving down the, down oh. the road. So we'll just get right into that. Go right. ahead. <laughs> go, I go pretty fast. So she doesn't go over the speed limit, but she's very close to the speed limit. And she usually has her top down. You know, she has a convertible. And, the, and this particular time was winter. And she's coming down the road at a pretty good clip. And we have our house situated so we can see right into the driveway. Oh, wow. Right into the driveway. We're I, sitting I watching TV. And they're coming in and out all the time, obviously, to do work here. And she came down, and I looked at Peggy, and I said, She's going to go through the other side of the garage because she doesn't really slow up until she gets into the garage. And there was ice on the road, and she didn't, uh, she didn't, she didn't go through. So I made it. She made it. She made it. So. I told you it was a little test for me to see if I could do it well. So that, that was my one little story. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Peggy, do you have any? Do you remember when we did the group? I do. I and do. I know that you, you commute way up north and uh you were but you would come but these guys were always kind of the social directors of our community they were always kind of directing that but you'd come when you could you remember that yes i do i do it was a great opportunity to meet so many of our neighbors um and we did we developed relationships that i don't think we would have otherwise um and i think it was something we all very much enjoyed yeah i think so too and I think it took it to a little bit of a different level. Agreed. Yeah, because now we don't need to be together all the time, right. but we've got this really special mm -hmm. relationship. I agree. Oh, let's see. I We're agree. in agreement here. I yeah? agree. That means the Holy Spirit is here because that's what brings unity, right? right. <laughs> that's all. Buddy, what about you? Well, my story is that they're great neighbors. They are a <laughs> gift from God to us. 
Thank you, buddy. It's <laughs> beautiful. Oh. So, likewise. Yeah. I have one story about Buddy and Gay because when they first moved in, they were always in and out, in and out, all times of the night. We didn't know them, right? We didn't know them, what was going on. <laughs> and we lived there for five years without any children. And Peggy would go up to the city, D.C., and I'd go down to Richmond all times of the night, coming and going. I had no idea what you guys were doing. Yeah. We didn't know that they were pastors. We had no idea. We didn't know that they were in the process of going from the church behind, was it BJ's, right, mm -hmm. to this yeah. beautiful place here, coming and going, night after night. And I was like, I think we're living next to drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> but we have obviously found out that we're not living next to Well, a few house. years ago, that would have been true. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. And that's how this building came out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but how did you guys find out? How did you, what was the first time you found out what we did? Do you remember? I, I, you know, do you remember? I don't. I think maybe Buddy yes, and I you and I had a conversation. Yeah. Talking, yeah but For was, a long time, we didn't have conversations. Yeah. 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 Right. Because <laughs> I was the annoying neighbor with the dog. That's no. why the other neighbor moved out because my dog jumped in his car. No, I told, no. I told uh, Steve we never had to have a dog because we always had their dog. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I was an irresponsible pet owner. We loved those dogs. No, dogs. I don't know about that. But. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. This is beautiful, isn't it? Wouldn't you like to have the opportunity to have your neighbors up here and see what they... Hey, what would they say about you? That's a good question. What would they say? And, and really what I want to do here is just kind of call attention to another level of awareness of our neighbors and how we are. Because I had no idea. But I do know that thing where I fly down my road. I mean, actually, I've, had, I've been called on it, too. And it, it has slowed me down. Did you guys notice I've slowed I've, down? Yes, slowed down. Good. Because my annoying neighbor up the street it's turned me so. in. Okay? That's true. <laughs> What'd you say? I said it's hard. I just wonder if I'd slow down because it's hard to slow, slow down. You guys are busy. I mean, well, and we are going downhill too. Yeah, so. and it's kind of fun. We're both. So her at the defense, end. she's probably doing 25 at the top of the hill, but by the time she gets to the bottom, <laughs> I don't know. He's giving me grace. Isn't that beautiful? That's a great neighbor right there. One that gives grace, and uh, I think that is what we've done with each other. You guys have been a blessing from God, really, and we thank you so much. And now your girls have grown up and. Full UVA people. Well, VCU now. She's in med school, right. but but been they've been one, they've been great yeah, parents. I am all in on UVA now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to give it to him. <laughs> he, uh, he converted. That that was a beautiful thing, though, when we saw that Kelly accepted at UVA when they were diving. You know, the flags go out, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. One of the exciting moments was when I saw orange and blue balloons on the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis and Susan know what that's all about, too, because they're, oh, yeah. they, from, they, he's they, from Maryland. Die Hard still is. Oh. He's still and Maryland. And his daughter went to UVA. <laughs> he is not converted. He sends his money and his kids there, but not his loyalty. <laughs> not his loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you guys, there's some rich relationships that can be had if we just don't miss our neighbors. Well, Dennis and Susan used to be our neighbors. Yeah, they did. They were in our community, yeah. and now they... Moved right on the golf course, so that's a beautiful place. Well, I'm glad you guys didn't move. We've threatened it many years, haven't we? I was going to say, usually yeah. you guys are moving out. We've, well, we, we don't even know. We even said yesterday, we don't know if we're going to sell that house or not. We don't know what, here's the thing. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds our future. Right? 
And I know that God has taken care of everything in our life up until now, and he's not going to dump me the day that I don't have the same income, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of faith is a beautiful thing to have, and I, and I encourage you to nurture that through your life so that when you get to this stage of life, you'll have these kinds of stories in your lives. <laughs> well, give them a hand. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> Love you. Thank you so much for coming. That was great. See, you're good on your <laughs> All right. So, wow. That was awesome. Now, next, uh, next service, we're going to have a couple of uh, other neighbors join us. And uh, I just, you guys, today, I just wanted to give us all a reminder. Just to be aware an awareness test that says neighboring also means those people that you pass by every day. In our day-to-day -day routines, there are treasures living right outside our front door, our back door, and our side doors. Don't miss them. Don't miss them. Those relationships are so rich. You know, um, you don't have to go to the same church you don't have to have the same interests. You don't have to uh, go to the same places. We've done our lives every day. We leave and we do something different professionally and socially, but they're there. And I hope that maybe somebody has popped into your mind that you're saying, you know, maybe I'll just go knock on the door. I would challenge you to go knock on the door and say, could I borrow a cup of sugar and see what happens? They might slam the door in your face. But you don't do what you do because of how people respond. You do what you do because you want to be the best person you can be. And when you follow the directions, the guidelines that God has given us, it gives us purpose and it gives us meaning. It's not just a random act of kindness. Anybody does that. And it's not sustaining. Jason said that last week. I love that. Random acts of kindness are not sustaining. But when you develop relationships, even at this level, there's a richness and there's a blessing that happens in our lives. So my challenge to you today, and I'm kind of wrapping up here, and then we're just going to do this song and close out. But I encourage you today to think of that neighbor, a guy in the band a couple weeks ago, I was talking about this, and he said, you know, I've got eight neighbors around me, and I know one really well, and he said, maybe I can take some vegetables to my other neighbor. It's just simple. Just say hello and begin that process of saying, I know that my life can be richer because of the neighbors and how I love them right around me. Now, I chose this song just because I needed to worship to it, really doesn't connect with the message. I want to challenge you, though, to step up and to step out. If God's placed someone on your heart and on your mind right there in your cul-de-sac, right there down the road, uh, John said today, he and Sarah were sitting there and said, oh, I've got the annoying neighbor, but you know what? i got to go say hello. If we do that, our world is going to be a better place. Let's stand together and worship.
as yourself, the first thing we got to do is learn how to love ourselves. Because the way we view ourselves will determine the way we treat other people. Trust me. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Father, I pray for everyone here today that if a, if a person popped into their minds, that this wouldn't just be a, a special little time we've had together, but, but that they would actually leave here and step up and make that connection. And Father, I pray that if there's rejection or if the response isn't very good, just give them the comfort, Lord, within their hearts to know that they followed what you asked them to do. That gives, our, gives us purpose and meaning. And so, Father, I ask for courage in the midst of fear. And I ask, Lord, that our world would be a better place because of Salem Fields Community Church. We love you, Father. We praise you. We give all the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now go out and step up, you guys. Love you. See you next time.